0: Hello and welcome to the Scottish Clans Podcast. This is Clint. Thank you for joining me. I'm excited to have you with me for my 150th episode. Yes. Now, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, I don't know how my numbers got off a little bit and it says that I'm actually ahead of 151, but I do believe that this is number 150. So thank you for joining me. And on such a special occasion as my 150th episode, I am very excited to share with you a conversation that I had with Mike Doyle of the Clans and Dynasties YouTube channel. He, You'll hear me tell this to him while we're talking here in a, in a minute or two, but if I had found his YouTube channel in 2018, I may have never started this podcast. I was looking for something and I couldn't find it. And so I started my own podcast and actually his... YouTube channel hits on a lot of the things that I had been looking for, so maybe it's good that I didn't discover them until a few years later, but before I turn you over to my discussion I had with Mike, I want to give a shout-out to my sponsor, USA Kilts. They make awesome kilts, and they make a lot more, and it's all very high-quality products, excellent customer service. I 100% recommend you to them. Their uh, Their YouTube channel is called USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions. So check them out on YouTube. They've got a ton of good content on there. They've got free shipping for their products inside the U.S. So uh, why don't you go on over to usakilts.com and find yourself something to express your pride in your Scottish heritage and uh, or go over to their YouTube channel and enjoy some of their content and I just want to put this out there that before I, now that I've given that shout out to my sponsor there, I want to give you kind of a little uh, announcement. There was a a glitch in the online course. I thought, I'm just going to check it out and see if I come into it from the angle of the customer. What I get, and I'm glad I did that because I actually found out that it wasn't allowing people in. It was, it was saying, "Hey, this enrollment is closed," or some some kind of problem with enrollment. That was the word I remember. I did fix it. You can get in there. You can, uh, you can access the online course. You can, you can go to the website scottish-clans.com/origins if you'd like to check that out and. And then download that course and be a part of that. It's meant to be like a mini college history course, but on the origin of the Scottish clans. If you want to contribute to the cause here, you can go to scottish-clans.com forward slash team. I've got a really simple QR code on there. If you just want to do a one-time download or if you want to be a, a regular supporter, you can go take, take the link that will take you to Patreon, and you can sign up there for the cost a monthly cost of maybe what it costs to buy a nice cup of coffee or an a energy drink. Everything's getting so expensive these days, but for the cost of a drink, or you can go higher than that if you want. But um, if all you do is just tune in and support me by listening and following these conversations, then I'm grateful for that too. And with that said, I'm going to turn you over to my conversation with Mike Doyle. Everybody, welcome to the Scottish Clans podcast slash YouTube video. is going to be on both platforms. I've got Mike Doyle here from Clans and Dynasties. Now, I found him on on YouTube. Now, I was just going to ask you, Mike, um, I I swear, because I, I was just listened to your, some of your content this morning. Did you mention on there that you also have a podcast? You have two platforms?
1: Um, so, uh, we did have Unfortunately, okay. we did have, uh We decided to uh, take the podcast on, but I am on pretty much every social media format, um, whether it be YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, uh, unfortunately, the podcast um, just w- would have taken too much time from mm-hmm. myself and my colleague Philip, um, on top of everything else that we were doing. So, um, it is a commitment, a big one. So, I praise you, Clint, for you know sticking to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have the benefits of revenue that maybe like youtubes and, and stuff like that would sort of so um it definitely uh, shines uh, you know and shows how much of a passion you have for this so hey, hats off to you.
0: Uh, well i think i think we're both in the same boat with ne- neither one of us are doing this because we're just making a killing on it and yeah. uh, so he's got mike's got a full-time job i got a full-time job outside of this and family commitments and all sorts of things, so I really appreciate you coming on this, Mike, and and sharing this time with me. I found, Mike and I were just getting to know each other a little bit before I pressed record, and I found him on YouTube, so for everybody who's, you said you're on all of the social media platforms, is that under clans and dynasties?
1: Yes, yeah, it would be under, all. yeah, just kind of just sort generalizing My idea was to, if you typed it in, I would be the top hit on some sort of search engine, Um, so I just kind of, you know just flooded flooded the uh the internet with my uh clans and dynasties uh name. <laughs> that
0: was my exact idea too just everybody's like you got a scott you got a podcast yeah what's the name of it scottish clans <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it
0: CEO would be good
1: yeah you just kind of have to try to get your head above the cloud of everything else that's on there you know it's very easy to get lost in the um in the uh, the crowdedness of the internet these days, um, yeah. and uh, I think when anything gets sort of any traction behind it, um, which Irish and Scottish history tends to wax and wean in that sort of aspect, but um, everyone jumps on the bandwagon, and it, it's very easy to get lost in it. So uh, yeah, just flood the internet. If anyone else is thinking of yeah. doing the same thing, just flood it.
0: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm I'm happy that your content is that. That's what we want to do with it is is flood the internet because. I'll, I'll just tell everybody else what I was telling Mike earlier before I pressed record is that um, I I found him on YouTube and I was looking through his different videos and I was, with the exception of you, you, you dive into Ireland more than I do. It was exactly, and in fact, I even told Mike that if I had found his channel Clans and Dynasties in 2018, I may not have started my own podcast because I was looking for a podcast about Scottish clans. I'd wrapped up my master's thesis, which I did on, Scottish clans. And I was instead of burning me out on the subject with its all consuming nature for the time that I was working on it, I, uh, I just had more questions. I was was more on fire when I finished it than I was when I started it. And I was looking desperately for more content, more things to consume, I had better questions, I knew how to find answers better. And I couldn't find a podcast about it. So I just thought I'll just make, make the one I'm trying to find. But then I, you know, a few years later, I found Mike's YouTube channel here. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> he's doing individual <laughs> clan histories. He's focusing on battles that were fought. He's talking about cultural aspects. He, you know, the the difference between an Irish and a Scottish clan, which I do want to, to get into here. The yeah. uh, what were some of the other ones you've you've which clan you're so everybody, if you've if you're a return. Uh, listener or watcher for me. You know that recently I did a, a set of three podcasts on, it wasn't which clans fought at Bannockburn, but I got the idea from Mike's video on that topic, and I think that's the exact title of it, isn't it?
1: Yeah, which clans fought at uh, the Battle of Bannockburn, yeah.
0: Yeah, and mm. I was listening to that, and I was thinking, because as I as I get into studying about the different Scottish clans, The Battle of Bannockburn and that the Scottish Wars of Independence—that's a really interesting time period because a lot of clans were just—they were just starting to. Some of them were just forming. And and so my link to the Scottish clans, my strongest link, I should say, I've got a, a couple of different, few different branches of the family tree that go back into there. The Edwardses are Welsh; they came from from Western Wales over here to to Utah in the mid-1800s but the uh other branches of my family go back to the strongest connection i have is to the mcfarland's and i looked up in the mcfarland clan history they're their own like probably the the biggest work on their history by a guy named james mcfarland and they parlin the one they take their name from he died in i think 1309 Mm -hmm. so so that's the same generation as Bannock, yeah. Bannockburn would have just, like, what, five years later? Yeah. And, and so there's not, there's clearly can't be a clan called McFarlane at that time. Now, he could have been the leader of a kindred that's a break-off from the Earls of Lennox, and a kindred that existed. So there could have been some sort of, but we don't know, some of them may have been called McGilchrist. Um, th- there may have been a, a something that looked like a clan called McGilchrist earlier than that, but there could not have been a a McFarlane clan at the Battle of Bannockburn, there's not enough generations to even get that going yet.
1: Yes. And so I yeah, that was, uh, kind of
0: went with it for a bunch of other clans. it was your video that got me thinking of it.
1: But I, I kind of the whole the point of the video was um, not to be definitive um, on the uh, because, like you said, that's one of the issues, the pitfalls of, you know, that sort of statement of which clan fought at the Battle of Bonvern, when there's not really a clan that exists, but the paternal ancestor may have been in the political mix that was happening on the battle, was to more sort of uh, show people um, what names were appearing on primary sources around that time. Um, and like, say, much uh, the uh, Ragman rules, Um, has many of the clan finder names, you know, people who would actually, you know, call themselves clans. I will just use it in the term we sort of know and associate with it now. Um, You know, many of those finders of clans uh, are on those Ragman rules um, in 1291 and 1296, I believe the two were done. Um, So, uh, yeah, you can see these sort of the roots of these trees sort of um, you know being planted um, and uh, well it I think uh, Robert the Bruce and um, you know many of his contemporaries were uh, sort of primary to the rising of clans political systems um, and I think we will touch on that anyway with the Ulster um, and uh, Irish sort of link to Scotland on why that may be, um, but yeah, I think he was very much like um, Brian Boru gets the um, credit for the finding of surnames in Ireland. Um, it's shrouded in a bit of myth. Um, I think Robert the Bruce owed a bit of credit to the finding of clans, um, or at least the way the political system was sort of happening in the time of of his reign. Or so, yeah. It's, but that was the initial point of the video was to give people those sort of names and. So it showed them the primary sources that were sort of or near to the primary sources that were sort of showing these names and areas and um not to be so definitive. So if you want to go down and watch it, it's but it's there there's like up to three thousand names on it. I'm sorry if I missed that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, and and we'll let's make sure we I'll, I'll make sure when I'm posting this video that we do include a link to that video in there. But I as an audience member to that video. I didn't you did you were very careful not to be definitive in your outlook and you were and that's what I thought the strength of it was was here's the sources. You go look for yourself, but this is what I found in here and here it is and I, and I think that's very valuable and I tried to, to keep a similar tone like saying hey I'm not the dude that's going to tell you yes or no. I'm just looking at when did your clan start usually using your own clans a test you know, like what your clan says where they come from and when they started. Like in that case with the McFarlane's. I grabbed that out of their their a book on their history written by one of them. And mm. and that's when I got, you know, Parlin, and that's where I found out 1309. And so but using your own histories, could you have been an actual clan by that name at that time? Mm. Yeah. And then acknowledging that there were kindreds, because I think that's a that's a that kind of like a, a hidden part of the history of the clans especially in Scotland. I think well, this is one thing that came up with professor Cathcart with Ali. she said that we it kind of just came up that in Ireland and and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you're, cause a lot of the contemporary sources, you bring that up, the primary sources, a lot of what we have for Scotland is actually Irish annals. And yeah, you, your record keeping was better in Ireland. And we have the list of the, like the records of kindred's farther back than in
1: Scotland. Is that my accuracy? Yes. So, uh, well, uh, uh, there's a caveat to um, the record keeping because a lot of it can be the finding of our sort of record keeping actually can really be traced to Iona, um, and that's so which is part of modern day Scotland now. So, uh, so who gets credit for that? You know, it's it's a bit of a blurry. You know, whose history is the is the finding of that? Uh, But uh, yeah, it's um, we had a. Far better sort of records, um, uh, keeping and so But with that comes when you have all that paperwork. With that comes also, um, the uh, problems with editing later, um, and uh, a bit of uh, uh, political manoeuvring and rewriting and stuff like that. Um, which uh, Scotland did get later. You know, they got the paperwork later, but they also got all the experience here yeah, I should have given them with uh how to edit certain trees and stuff like that to uh you know fit certain goals and aspirations uh but yes uh fifth century um see clans. uh it, it, like I say like Scotland there's uh the, the, it's fluid it's very fluid um it, uh, you've touched on this many times uh with the fact that we like to put things into simple boxes and say this is this um and and it's never that simple um we we were very good at keeping our we managed to put our oral traditions into paper um before they were lost basically um and i think scotland kind of missed that um so you've touched on the um Earldoms of Moray, um, and uh, the MacE sort of descent, um, and their uh, primary king group, how they sort of appear, in the Macintaggarts, their sort of early primary, the Obelion. um, and we just don't have a lot of information about them, um. Whereas in Ireland, we had a a lot of our sort of provinces and kingdoms were named after these groups, um, a lot of our king groups um were claimed descent from these groups so there was a lot of tradition passed down uh we didn't have the same problem of influence as many influences from other areas as scotland did um you know you had the anglo-saxon northumbrian kingdom going right up to edinburgh Um, you had the Brythonic groups all around you had eventually north and scandinavia and then you had the sort of i'll say norman very loosely because it was obviously um, from all parts of Northern Europe there uh, coming in as well um, and people sort of jostling for for these sort of positions whereas Ireland didn't really have that because uh, things like legitimacy were very important and they're very important in Scotland too um, which again we could touch on but in Ireland being uh, related to older king groups was very important to rule in these kingdoms that have been established pretty much from the like Late Bronze Age, the the provincial kingdoms had sort of been founded in the Late Bronze Age, and having this hereditary link to these kings of old was very important, uh, which is why Brian Boru kind of is famous for being this warlord, this outlier, um, who didn't have this great sort of noble blood. I mean, he was from a, a noble family, but it wasn't, um, say, like the e or the uh, Noctur, Um and he managed to, you know, take over Ireland in its entirety. And uh one of the things he does, and he and this emphasizes this point, is that he takes Imperator Scotum as his title instead of High King of Ireland because he <coughs> kind of knows he isn't entitled to that kingship that belongs to the email. Um so I think there's a lot more importance based on um king groups in Ireland um and its uh, and their descendants than than in Scotland, um, and I think there are many reasons for that. Uh, like I said, immigration, the political system, uh, stuff like that, that um, has kind of made it a little bit of an outlier. That's man. You said a lot of things in there. <laughs> that, Sorry. <laughs> that,
0: no, no, that I not not by way of criticism, but by way of wow, we could we could take like you probably included in that. Probably eight things that we could take a deep dive in in it just by itself. Yeah. Um, where where we? Well, let's let's say we had a everybody we had a, a a little bit of an outline to go by. Now, um, I think if we start from the kind of, beginning, <laughs> yeah. So Mike and I both felt like we ought to have something that kind of like gives us a baseline, and 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 we we don't feel mechanically bound to it, but something to kind of yeah. keep us like if we get find ourselves way out here, we can have something to come back to.
1: Um, yeah. uh, I, I think if we, we could maybe uh, if we start a start on um, uh, what was the initial sort of what was the initial point there right, we were trying to if you want well, to
0: we t- talked about maybe the foundation of I mean I don't know maybe a little bit about your background your I <laughs> I correctly place your accent in Northern Ireland as much yep. personal whatever you think the would be good for the audience to know
1: well, after listening to that, uh, me going on a wee tangent there, uh, I obviously I'm Michael and or Mike and uh, I've uh, got clans and dynasties. I was, my accent is although rightly from Northern Ireland, born and bred. Uh, I did actually spend most of my education over in England um, and uh, then my sort of further education didn't even touch history. Uh, I was in sports science, um, so I kind of, although I was always keenly interested in history, um, I, I never really followed it academically. Uh, I then went off and uh, joined the military and I was uh, in the armed forces for 10 years. Um, and it was in that the armed forces that I met Philip, who is one of my colleagues, um, who I've worked very closely with, um, who then left the military to get his PhD in uh, Irish medieval history. And uh, I sort of ended up working with him in a sort of non-professional way. And then, as I've explained earlier uh, with yourself, Clint, I ended up into, uh, into doing this whole medieval Irish and Scottish history uh, YouTube channel. Um, so yeah, I kind of had a very broad and now I work in financial banking, so completely non sort of uh nothing ever fits. I kind of bind across, but the one thing that's been consistent in, in my life is uh is Irish and Scottish history. Come from Northern Ireland, it's um Scottish history is very prevalent in, in Ulster, uh as long, as well as Irish history. So I have ancestry from both sides as well. Um and uh Yeah, that's kind of what piqued my interest is I find it very political with myself from Northern Ireland during sort of the 90s and early 2000s and I kind of wanted to sift through that and find out what was at the the base of it all without having some sort of uh, ethno-nationalistic sort of argument behind it whether it be British or Irish I just wanted to look at the real history Um, and uh, that was where my love of it started from really and it's led me down a wonderful path, meeting people like yourself, Clint, and uh, I've worked with some great people uh, and I continue to do so. So, um, And that's just me in a very short nutshell. <laughs> no,
0: that was very, very well done. And and I'm happy to put Philip's work and, and a lot of that collaborative things that you've done, we'll put links to that in here too, because because I've, in fact, some of my questions that I have for you have come out of those conversations that you and Philip have had. Hey ladies and gentlemen, pardon the interruption from this conversation with Mike, but I do want to take a a second and give a shout out to USA Kilts. Guys, as we come to the end of this, this season, we just had Thanksgiving at the time of, we actually recorded this conversation with Mike before, but I'm publishing this after Thanksgiving. And I, during this last spring, summer, and this far into the fall, I have really enjoyed hiking in my kilt that I got from USA Kilts. Now, I'm specifically speaking of my casual kilt, which I got for the express purpose of hiking and being out in the outdoors and and risking it getting snagged on something or getting a little dirty. And that's the awesome thing about a casual kilt. But for a nicer occasion, I've got my five-yard wool kilt. And boy, that has been a joy to wear to such functions as Adam Campbell's um, clan conclave that he had. It wasn't just a Campbell event. There were other clans represented there, and I got to have a moment to share some thoughts with them, and I wore my McFarlane hunting tartan five-yard wool kilt from USA Kilts, and I had a great experience and really enjoyed wearing it. Guys, USA Kilts makes such a good product. Well, you go over there at usakilts.com. Check them out. Don't just search for kilts. You can search for all sorts of things on there, and If you want to also hop over to their YouTube channel called USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions, they've got some great content on not only wearing the kilt, but also Scottish history and culture. And just they have some great conversations on there, and they do a really good job at answering listener questions and anticipating questions that might be asked or answering questions that should be asked. So go over and check them out. And either way, I think you'll be pleased. They've got free shipping in the US, excellent customer service and a superior product go check out usakilts.com or their youtube channel usa kilts and celtic traditions
1: so i joined the royal irish and uh yeah did eight years was regular i didn't do territorial it was regular i did eight years and uh they were great but i had children i married and i wanted to be home for that so (laughs) yeah i totally understand especially with i don't know what
0: yours has been but our operational tempo has been bonkers for the last 20 slowing down now but um, there was a time period there where man, you just it was like the meat grinder,
1: oh yeah, well, we were very closely with the Americans, um so we if you are going anywhere, we tend to be following quite close behind
0: <laughs> i have I have heard uh, I've had you know heard stories from the guys that I've known that have served with British troops overseas and and uh They're all I, I never we're did all funny. <laughs> Well, and, and I, I don't think that's much as much of a, a tangent as I maybe originally thought it was because a lot of what our discussion with this is is, is, um, is of a military nature. And I think, unfortunately, that's, well, in and you've probably heard some of our discussions on our end. Both you can see this all over on the Facebook page, but also in a lot of the, the podcast episodes that defining what a clan was. And that definition then has implications farther out than that like i mean there's some heated debate i have my side of the story on would clans exist in the lowlands and and but all that kind of goes back and rests on what the definition was to be able to say whether it was or not and Mm -hmm. and i have my criteria that i've developed after studying this for a while and people can agree or disagree but unfortunately one of the prime areas where you can see kin groups where it's the most obvious that they're acting as a clan is in warfare Mm -hmm. to to find a feud going on and I got it not every single person in the feud was related to the leader of each side but that that wasn't true in the highlands either And, and and probably not in Ireland I would imagine there's some territorial lordships that are overlapping and intertwining with the concept of kinship and, uh, but, you know, as I look at a kin group and think, was this a clan or not, finding them involved in a clan, like what looks like a clan feud is one of the, so it's unfortunate that it's in the business of killing each other, but it's one of the easiest ones to find in the historical record, I think.
1: Yeah, 100% agree. Um, you know, uh, what is a clan is definitely, um, it's almost uh, a minefield of a of a topic. Um, And warfare seems to be, but, and even with that argument, you have outlier sort of arguments of, well, this branch didn't take part in this one. Um, And I I kind of, I kind of use the example that if they are, if it's at the broader family, um, except the head who claims to be the tarnister or the the leader, the chief or whatever title they want to use, um, then that's the clan. That's the clan. And you touched on You asked me before about um, Anglo-Norman families coming in to Ireland um, and sort of were they operating like clans? And I, I think, uh, you know, you have the, the, the Burgos became the Burks. Um, you have the Fitzgeralds and you have the Butlers. I think they're the three biggest families that, you know, if you're going to look for a generalization, they're the three to use as your examples. And. Um, Uh, and with the Fitzgeralds you have the northern Kildare Fitzgeralds and you have the monster Fitzgeralds Um, and the northern ones sort of stick to more uh, traditional sort of um, inheritance and politics and links to England whereas the monster branches sort of kind of go um, beyond the pale as the the old saying used to be and a a bit rogue. Um, But ultimately, um, like we said before, clans are that the whole clan system was fluid it, and it worked around just the politics <clears> of the time. <throat> um, what was in the best interest of the family? So those Fitzgeralds down south would often get their cadet branches who maybe were quite Gaelicized by this point on the fringes of their little kingdom, um, and sort of stoke that up and say, We are we're kin, we're related, we're, you know, yada yada yada, we're we're blood. Let's go off and the hell out of the uh, McCarthys. Uh, and then, but at the same time, when it came to succession rights and stuff and the, you know, the the Fitzgerald Moore sort of died and all those sort of cadet branches, like here, we helped you out in that battle, you know, we're all okay, kin. And suddenly it'd be like, now nah, my eldest son's getting all my land and title, you know, it, you know, it's, so it's, <laughs> it's, it, it isn't, a, it's never a single, whatever argument you present for, your argument for what a clan is or something, there's always an argument against it, You, some other family or even the same family 20 years before, 20 years after doing something completely different outside the books, bending the rules. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a, like I said, it's a bit of a, minefield. <laughs> you know, you're,
0: and, and what, basically what I got out of that is it's not tidy and everybody yeah. wants it to be tidy so bad they i don't it's something deep in our dna that wants this to be just put everything in it's in in order and i you know i did a little bit and i and i don't think that i've studied this to the extent that the laws of succession because going back to your original video that we mentioned at the beginning with the difference between a scottish and irish clan a lot of what you went kind of the premise for that was on the terms of succession and Mm -hmm. and so so you studied this a bit I did. I did a, a couple of back-to-back episodes on, you know, we talk about tonistry, and theoretically mm-hmm. that was used amongst the Highland clans as well. Um. And I, I so I I dug back. and I was like, was it really, or does it look like primogeniture? Mm-hmm. It, like I was trying to go into, like I I just take random. Like I try to do like a pretty broad sample of. I was trying to stick with the Highland clans to use that as a, with that with that Gaelic, because it is a Gaelic conversation when you come to the subject of ta- tonistry.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: okay. So I was trying to pick a broad swath of clans to sample but what I learned when I was checking their their succession their lines of succession is. It seems like it would they've actually ended up using primogeniture more but then i think i found this out after i published the episodes you learn that they they may have doctored some things to make the government happy with the way they had the succession like claiming like for instance claiming that well the the guy who under primogeniture should have taken the leadership but they will claim he's illegitimate Mm -hmm. and and they'd adjust their records to make it look like he's illegitimate Where there may have been trying to basically they did whatever they think would be best for the clan. Whatever system that was, when if it was primogeniture, was like like clearly the oldest son is the best leader. And so we're just gonna call it primogeniture and go with that because that's the best option. Or the oldest son is a doofus, and we think it'll end up in a big train wreck as far as clan success is concerned. And so his the nephew over here, or the younger son, or whatever it was, he's gonna get it. And but then they'll doctor the records and make that older son like nah that was like an affair that the chief had and this was their actual <laughs> oldest son so we're still following previous i i all i like i think the takeaway image i got in my head was the clan leaders the the senior members got together made a decision and maybe sometimes the clan chief said no it's going to be this guy but
1: they could veto. Well, they didn't have rights of veto i think <laughs> see uh, i The the problem is um, the clans of the Highlands were were again were not homogenous in their their outlook um, in the way they acted, Um, and uh, again, so we I I think a really good example is uh, Clan uh, Macdonald. Um, You know we can see that we know now, especially um, through genetic studies, that they descend from a Norse paternal line, Um, but even. With them, which I touched on earlier with uh, Robert the Bruce and the clan systems and stuff, even them during the 13th and 14th century, even though they descend from Godfrey proven dynasty, the Emer, um, they actually tried to doctor their records and become more Gaelicized um, and and came to descend from Godfrey MacFerguson of the Argela. And, you know, they were, there was a real big, from the 11th to the 14th century especially, um, there was a real big push for this re gaelicization this you know Gaelicness of of the Highlands, um, and the the uh, McDonald's were bringing across Brehens and you know they weren't really following the Breton law, but you know it's look, you know look, look, I've got, I've got a Breton, um, and um, you know they were sort of going along these, really trying to like emphasise this Gaelicness, um, and uh, for. Uh, it started with the Dunkeld dynasty of Scotland, but they're sort of trying to rewrite <laughs> their links to uh, earlier uh, Irish dynasties, um, and uh, you know they've just carried it on, and they're, they're they're trying to legitimize their rule and trying to link themselves to royalty and sort of say hi that they are not invaders of the, the Isles; they are the kings. And we know afterwards, when they lose the kingship, they still kind of view themselves in that sort of light. They have this sort of Wanting to go back and have that back, and uh, you know, and that all ties in with their consistently trying to legitimize their argument. So, yeah, there is a um, but there's not really, they don't really adopt those sort of rules now, uh, sort of succession rules of like the Gelfine, the Delph, uh, the. Delphina, the Delphina, derphina sorry, which were like close groups of families that would get together and sort of dictate how the kingship would sort of be, and the land would be distributed. Um, happens around the 8th century, we sort of start to see that, by which states the the Gael who are already from Ireland are already in Scotland, um, or, or, or the cultural shift is, you know, so there's been 200 years. I think it's a very watered down already process that was in Ireland the the proto sort of succession tonistry has gone across the song. but I don't think it's really cemented um in there because of the other groups that they are sort of marrying into you know they they they're very the the link between pictish personic groups and Gale. they they're there's similar they're more similar than different um for the time period and uh, I, I don't think they, as much as we use, I see it in a lot of sources, not sources, but a lot of commentary afterwards that, oh, they were using Tanastra, they were using Brand Law, they were using, I don't see any real record of it in large enough quantity to justify that it was a regular occurrence. Like you said, it's more likely people were sort of using bits and pieces here and there to justify whatever it was they were trying to do at that time period.
0: Yeah, so, so really very similar to what you do see later on. It's like, hey, we think this guy's the best option, so which system works best for that? Let's go with it. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have enjoyed the conversation with Mike Doyle so far. There is so much more that we recorded. This is just the first, time, first chunk of it. We took a minute doing some introductions and talking about some preliminary things. Please stay tuned for subsequent episodes that I will post here in the near future. As we continue the conversation, we had an almost two-hour conversation, and I didn't think I'd post all two hours in one episode, so I broke it down. So this is just the first chunk. So I encourage you to come back For more conversations on things that we discussed, Mike Doyle has a wealth of information and he shares some really cool things with us. So stay tuned. Don't forget to go over to scottish-clans.com and check out some of the resources I have over there. I've also got links if you want to pitch in and contribute to the cause at scottish-clans.com forward slash team. The link to the origins of the scottish clans 101 online course is over there too at scottish-clans.com forward slash origins or you can check out some of the resources i have over there we've got some free downloads some free pdf stuff things that i hope will be helpful to you in your study of the scottish clans and until the next chunk of this conversation with mike doyle Marishan and and